Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hello, Doug Mellard. Hey, Doug Benston. Happy New Year. We did it. We exist Yay. in 2021. <laughs> yeah, we we even exist beyond January 6th. <laughs> it's Thursday, January 7th, 2021. And our first guest of this bright, shiny new year. I couldn't ask for a friendlier dude. It's uh, Eric Edelstein. Yay. Yeah, he's a <laughs> tremendous actor. Uh, from We Bear Bears to Green Room, he's done it all. And we'll talk to him about his career and also where he stands on Doug's, but I hope he does not ever actually stand on Doug's because it would kill us. All right. <laughs> he's big. He's a big dude. Love it. All right, let's go. Hello, Eric Edelstein. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yes. Which one did you want to say? Which one was first? <laughs> I covered all my bases. I got both, Doug. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm first alphabetically. Thank you for being here, Eric. I'm fired up. Thanks it for having me. It was a weird-ass day yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm just glad to get away from the news. Like I, I've been watching it nonstop. So it was great to have some Dugs today to force myself away from it. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like you want something to do. Even yesterday, I wanted things to do. So I still did some of my normal uh, trivia shows that I do on the internet. And, um, you know, somebody accused me of not being able to read the room. And I was just like, well, are we supposed to drop everything because of what those weirdos were doing yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they would want us to do. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. it was it was like, you know, when a car chase comes on the TV, uh, you know, I almost always see it through if I can. Uh, I don't know why it's so <laughs> fascinating. It's, That's sort of what yesterday was. It's just sort of like it was endlessly um, – you know, it's like w waiting for the crash or the uh, something, something terrible to happen, you know? It's almost a little like it's been a five-year car crash and yesterday is like just when the guy's tire goes out. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I think it's super embarrassing that they just kind of let everybody walk out of there like they didn't do anything. But right. at the same time, 
that sure did de-escalate things pretty well. It did. And hilariously, none of them believe in masks. So it's going to be remarkably easy to identify them. Like I'm already seeing people online getting identified. A realtor just got fired because she was posting Stop the Steal from inside the Capitol. And it's like, I don't think someone's going to want to buy a house from you, friend. Right. Of course. Jeez. Yeah. So. I didn't even think about the, the masses part to identify. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because like I saw the guy Matt Gates and a couple other people are trying to say it was Antifa, and it's like, uh, you know, you watch the footage in Portland and stuff, and they're usually in masks. So this is kind of where their anti-mask wearing really is going to cost them because they're not wearing masks is going to make it very easily to be identified. Well, yeah, and I mean, some of them, some people posted on their social media, you know, like. Uh, it's they they really they've decided it's some sort of cause they're, that they're okay with is it just is attention that important that even like like is tiger king taught us that like at least you'll be world famous but you're going to prison like is everybody just that desperate for attention i think to me it's just they don't know and they're now living in an alternate reality and i, I try to have empathy because i see some friends and loved ones in Spokane that still don't believe in masks. And I try to think like, well, whatever would have happened if at the beginning of COVID, if Neil Young, Willie Nelson, Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey Jr., Barack Obama all came out and said masks don't work and laughed at it the way Trump did. Maybe I'd have a different opinion too. So I try to have empathy for them that they're just in a different world. Right. They really, like I went down a weird rabbit hole of watching the woman's Instagram that got killed yesterday and you're you just kind of are watch you watch somebody fall into this insanity and it's because a lot of to her credible sources told her this stuff that we know is insane was real yeah it's what do you what do you think she was gonna what was the end game like did she have a plan once she got into the capital like why did she what did she think was gonna happen that's above my pay grade, but I don't think they were planning on it. I think when you watch what Giuliani said and then what Trump said, and he said, we're marching down there and I'm going to walk with you. And if a sitting president says we're going down and I'm coming with you, that's a green light. Yeah. That's a green yeah. light. And of course he didn't walk down. He snuck he, away. He hid in his basement. Like he claims Biden did. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh, the projection is strong with that one. Yeah. And so I don't, I think they were woven into a frenzy. And if you get on and look at this stuff, they really think that they're the foot soldiers in a battle against a global pedophile cabal and that Epstein is alive and JFK Jr. is going to come and lead them any day now. And I had a couple people, because this <sighs> seems to catch a weird blend of right wingers and then left, left wingers in like the healer community. And I had a couple people that surprised me when COVID began, were like, don't worry, it's a front. Trump's going to arrest the pedophiles. And now to the point where you're like, okay, it's been about 10 months. When is the, When are the pedophiles getting rounded up or when do you come back to reality? And it seems like neither's happening. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> interesting times, friends. You're really bringing, you're bringing Doug down over here. Ah, Doug. <laughs> no, no, no. You know me. I'm an optimist and things are getting better. And our oh, no. look, Georgia only happened because Trump threw the election into question. I don't right. think Warnock and Ossoff win that if if Trump doesn't say that the election is rigged. And I and I was 
happy. I think history will look horribly on McConnell and Mike Pence, but for them to actually finally take a stand on the side of sanity and reason yesterday is another silver lining. And, you know, who knows what in the world is going to happen in the hour that we're recording this, but it seems like some people are finally starting to snap out of it because, yeah. you know, I grew up in a pretty Republican area and I was always kind of a weird Democrat. But there was never any problem. And you try to talk to somebody that's 27, like 20 years ago, nobody cared what your political party is. All this stuff's new kind of because we're the beta testers for social media. And we saw how it turned out. And there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a shadow side. And I think down the road, people are going to, it's like when we look at 50 doctors smoking cigarettes saying it's good for you. I think that's kind of how they're going to look upon this era of unfiltered social media and everybody on it all the time. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like uh, going into two nights ago, very hopeful, waking up, very hopeful. Then it hits the fan. Everything's crazy. There's a lot of fear yesterday, but even, you know, by last night, it looked like some great things were coming out of this. So, you know, today I, I feel more hopeful again. It was just such a bizarre 24 hours. Yeah. But, darkest but, before the dawn. It's really yeah. true. True. And, and, but just hearing you lay out what some of these people are thinking in such a concise way was just, it, when you hear that stuff, sometimes it's just so hard. <laughs> Two realities, like you said. Insane. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a side effect of social media. Now they're all going over to parlor, which will ensure they're even more of a, an echo chamber there, but right. Interesting times. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, we talk a lot about names on this show, and um, you don't have an unusual first name. Eric is, uh, I don't want to say common, but it's, uh, it's a name a lot of people have. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind it. It's all right. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if this is insulting, but it's certainly not when people say this to me about my name, but like, I never would have guessed that you were an Eric. I mean, now that I know you as Eric, I know that you're Eric, but like, you know what I mean? There's just something. I don't feel like an Eric sometimes. <laughs> Eric is a certain kind of person, a little bit of, uh, like Eric from Billy Madison, where, and I sometimes don't feel like my name matches up with who I am. Yeah. And a lot of my friends in college just call me E and that makes a little more sense, but Hey, you know, my parents got me here. I'm not going to quibble with them, but maybe that's why it's so easy to act and just take on other names because I don't totally feel like an Eric. Sometimes an Eric is, you know, might, might, might be a little bit douchey. There's a lot of Eric's. It's one of those names where, oh, it's an Eric. Okay, makes sense. And I can say that as a self-aware Eric. It's a very weird thing. Whereas the opposite, boy, most Dougs are pretty great. I have an Uncle Doug I love. It's hard to meet an asshole Doug. It's hard to meet an asshole Gary. You know, it's one of those names where, you know, Wait, are you, are you just practicing for wide world of Gary's? I mean, I didn't want to mention it, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to have to get off right at 258 if that's okay. They're great. Gary and Gary, they're pros. They're good. There's uh, you know, they we're talking about doing some other collabs. Oh, that's a interesting point that, you know, they could do the Gary podcast from Gary, Indiana, but also I know there's, there's gotta be at least one or, as many as a dozen uh, cities in this country that are named Douglas. Oh, for sure. Or Douglas I think I looked County. it up as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So maybe that's a tour we do someday. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I would go on that road trip with you. That'd be, It'll be like Book of Eli out there, but we'll do it anyway. Oh, I love it. Well, and then I worry sometimes, like, are, are, are people naming their kids Doug and Gary now or Leonard? Like, you don't want to have these great heart-filled names fall through the cracks, right? I guess. I don't know. I can't, I don't have much of a gauge on how popular Doug is uh, as a name at this point, other than, you know, you never hear it uh, at the beginning or, you know, end of each year, they always go the most popular baby names were, you know, and it feels like names like Taylor and like, they're always like kind of bougie names, you know? And uh, so you never hear Doug, but I, I, I could hear Douglas making kind of a comeback as a like, you know, it seems like parents these days want, you know, want kind of a dignified name, even though you're just a dumb baby. <laughs> I also love Dougie. I think Dougie's a great flip to it, too. A lot of people have fun with that. I, you know, I've never. You're not a Dougie. I've, been, you're I've not never a Dougie. been a Dougie. Like, no, that's never really caught on. I, just a couple people here and there will say it. But, uh, but you are a Douglas, and it gives some gravity when I call you <laughs> Douglas that you can't just be Doug right now. I need Douglas, and I need sanity. That's insane that uh, Eric Edelstein, you hear it here first, is quarantining with the great director, David Lynch. <laughs> well, that's right. And we're running out of toilet paper stat, Douglas. You know what uh, I bet you uh, David Lynch never runs out of is uh, shovels. No, he's got Russ Hamlin ready to shovel the shit. Are you kidding? Oh, my he's God. Go. There's so many shovels in that, the most recent Twin Peaks and how about that he's making something new now? Isn't that cool? Is it is it going to be quarantine themed or is he pretending there's no quarantine? Who knows? I'm sure. I mean, I know he'll be completely safe and he takes all this seriously, but nobody knows what it is, what it's going to be. But just hearing that and hearing that he's out creating, it's like, you know, when I hear that, when Neil Young's doing a new album, like, I'm happier. These, these are my heroes doing what they're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David Lynch has mystery surrounding him. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, Doug. Yes. Um, I guess we do make it easy on guests that maybe have never met Doug Mellard before that they can just sit there on the other end and just say, that's right, Doug, no matter who, which one of us. Oh, it's a cosmic shortcut. It's great. Um, For this episode, I could be Gary, I guess. You know when you do look like an Eric? When? Uh, in that commercial where you're dressed as a Viking. That's true. And I think it's like an Eric's like a Nordic king name. So, yep, totally. Do you and Brian Posehn like constantly wrestle over Viking roles? No, it's Steve Agee. <laughs> I, I've seen Brian Posehn in a couple and I always get fired up, but it's mostly Steve Agee. And I'm always so okay losing a part to Steve Agee. Oh, yeah. Well, he is not happy about the parts you've stolen from him. <laughs> no, he'll let me know. He'll let me know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a straight shooter. I, when I had a kidney stone, I remember that he had kidney stones that were very problematic and painful and terrible. And so I, you know, called him up and uh, he, he talked me through the whole thing. It was really, it was great. He's such a good man. Yeah. I have a funny Steve Agee story. When I first moved out here, I'd been here like two months. 
and I worked as a video logger for Temptation Island 2. And not to name drop, but I started working there on like my sixth day in Los Angeles. I moved out here and there was a logger boss, this great guy named Tim Egan. And there were two shifts and he was asking me what I was doing and why I moved. I'm like, I moved out here to do improv and all this other stuff. And as the first shift was getting done, he's like, see that guy there? That's Steve. He leaves a lot of the time early he gets here late doing comedy but his logs that he writes make me laugh and he's just a great guy he's like be like steve his name's steve ag and i always it was in my head of like okay we can get away with a little bit more if you're just cool and if you're just (laughs) you you can try to make your boss laugh and so that was we were both video loggers from temptation island too and i remember being so happy when I saw him on the Sarah Silverman show and saw him start to blow up because it's like, dude, that boss, that boss knew just be like Steve Agee. So uh, that's why mostly why I'm okay. Losing parts to him. Which happens <laughs> often. It's a good mantra. Yeah, that's it. And uh, on that job, I had to work on the actual nine 11. Anyway. Yeah. For, for real, the tower, the, the, the planes hit the tower and I didn't, you know, I just assumed there was no work. And then around 1030, I called just to check in and I talked to the boss, not, not the cool Tim guy. This was somebody else who I will not name. But I was like, hey, I'm just calling to confirm, you know, there's, there's no work today. And mind you, I moved down late August. I'd been in Los Angeles the, less than two weeks. I'd never been outside of Spokane or Vancouver, Washington. And, you know, very green. And he just talked, he's like, well, I mean, Eric, that all depends on you and the place you're in. I mean, did, did you know anyone in the towers or the planes? And it's like, uh, no. It's like, okay, well, I mean, it's all about you and where you're at, but, but there is some footage to be logged today. We have some oh stuff God. in from the Sunset Palapa. So I drove in on 9-11 and had to log video footage from Temptation Island 2. Unbelievable. Wow. I know. But I, I remember those episodes, and I, I think it, it was worth the work. That was a great job. Thank you. Thank you. We really brought it home, I felt. We got to tell something special. Yeah. No, a show doesn't really come alive until it's logged. You know, yeah, that's it, that, buddy. It's underrated. process. <laughs> There's nothing. Nobody Thank you. Um, wow. All right. Um, so I don't think AG went in. I think AG was smart enough. He did not work that day. He's uh, like, no, they just hit towers. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's I the, green. That's what's cool about Steve AG is he knows exactly when you can slack off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I heard stories of people with real jobs yesterday who didn't get to just quit what they were doing and watch what was happening in the news. And it's just like, uh, you know... I wasn't like riveted to it, but I, I paid a lot of attention to it because, you know, we're just Im- immediately seeing a, an insanely historic thing happening. Yeah. What, what do they say? First time the capital has been overtaken since 1816. Wow. Yeah. Since yeah. the British gave it a go. Yeah. I mean, I watched all the way up until I was in and out of sleep after midnight watching them and I just thought it was kind of heroic that they stayed in session and got it done that night and said, we're not going to let these people stop it. And I was, you know, 
Yeah, but that was that was the crazy thing to me is when they came back into session, there was so many long ass speech at well, five minute limit, but they feel like a lot longer. Uh, you know, all these five minute speeches from everybody wanted to get up and, you know, hog the spotlight for a second and be on the record as being against the Capitol being attacked, which is the easiest stance in the world to take. Well, and then the ones, the one that shocked me because it, you know, you knew that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley were against it. And once they came back, I'm like, well, boy, Ted Cruz is going to be, be married to that speech. He made the rest of his life. I'm sure Josh Hawley's not going to get up and speak. And the fact that he still did it, and you just kind of see these these politicians are so intoxicated by the 74 million Trump voters that they're willing to say or do anything to, to not lose face with them. And it's pretty amazing. I'm like, well, this guy's not going to. And like Spokane's Congresswoman, Kathy McMorris Rogers, changed her mind after the riots. And she was a part of it. And then, you know, Kelly Leffler changed her mind. But my God, to still watch 100 Republican Congress people still vote against it and they all know that everything is bullshit and that there's no stealing of this election they've been laughed out of court by trump judges to watch a hundred congresswomen men you just realize boy we're still really far apart that even after that they're still willing to go along with trump and still willing to go along after he just you know threw a match at a, at a fire do you think maybe he is how he is because he had to live his life being named Donald? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm not proud of it, but I've just read, read too much on him. And I think it's, it's also a big part of it is that in Hollywood, we know and understand what it's like to work with someone with narcissistic personality disorder. And a lot of the Trumpers don't because a person with narcissistic personality disorder would not last a day or two. There's not one time you've ever heard him say, I'm sorry, or I screwed up. And a lot of people in especially blue collar jobs, that person's not going to last a day or two. They'll be fired. So I think yeah. in Hollywood, we have a kind of unique understanding about what he is and who he is. And it was a little bit like the boy who cried wolf where we were screaming like, no, he, this guy's from our industry. He was created by the apprentice. Don't do this. And I mean, you know, I remember one time trying to read a book to get away from Trump stuff. And I read the history of the USFL and the guy that rises up at the end and destroyed the league was Donald Trump. And th this is what he's done to literally everything he's ever touched is eventually destroy it. So now you're just, well, is he going to destroy the Republican party? I, is he going to try to destroy our country? It's not, this isn't a political opinion. This is a history opinion because this is what he's done with everything he's ever been a part of. He bought two casinos in Atlantic City and never learned the odds for casino games. <laughs> like, think about that. That shit's complicated, dude. <laughs> Your eye craps is hard. I'll, I'll cut him some slack. Yeah, especially when, you, you know, he doesn't drink or smoke pot or do anything fun. So, like, then also, why, you know, and he wants to, he wants to take money from others, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to risk his own to get it. Oh, man. He doesn't that, like that, anything about being in a casino. That's the back to the future I want to see is the Dugs going back in time to get Trump high at 21. <laughs> like, isn't this great, dude? Calm down. Learn the odds of these casino games in the future. Bye. <laughs> he needs the control. He would never do it. Yeah. Yeah.
It's always those guys that don't drink or don't smoke. It's a real mixed message, though, to say, to say to somebody, smoke some weed and learn. <laughs> All right, we got to take a commercial break, but when we come back, the it's the highlight of the show now that we figured it out. Uh, Eric, we're going to ask you 10 questions. Doug came up with five questions, and Doug came up with five questions. We don't know what the other Doug is going to ask, I think there'll be a little crossover, to be honest with you. I think we're interested in some of the same things. Uh, but we'll come back with those questions if you're willing to answer them, Eric. You know I'm in. It's why I'm uh, here. We'll come back with, uh, with that right after uh, this break. We'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We're back. Doug and Eric and I were talking during the break about how... Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, getting Donald Trump high in the new Back to the Future. No, no, no. During the break. What did we talk about during the break? Oh, nachos. That was it. Oh, my God. Eric was like so into nachos, and I'm like, I'm they're all right. It's okay. the pickled jalapeno. It just sets it apart. You got to get a good one. You can't get the 7-Eleven ones. <laughs> can't phone in your jalapenos, guys. It's what do you say to a guy like me who does not ever enjoy in any context? Well, actually... I'm learning to enjoy it maybe like in a cocktail, but, but for the most part, the, the taste, texture, everything about jalapeno uh, does not appeal to me. Really? Even Whoa. with the nacho, even as the counter with the, with the cheesy butter? No, sauce? I just like the cheese and the chip. I grew, I grew up with very boring tastes. Ah, uh, you know, well, your my palate's parents, always changing, Doug. You my parents know. let me eat everything plain. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think it's good that I like like a little jalapeno kind of kick to this one uh, mango margarita that I've been drinking. But, um, but yeah, I just don't, I just don't like it in, in general, you know. But I, I appreciate that people love it, like both of you clearly do. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I was like you as a kid. I was very bland. I didn't like jalapenos on anything. Didn't love them. And now, man, with nachos or any, oh, I love them now. Can't get enough. Oh, so great. Right. I think I think you should just keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I decided to call this part of the show uh, Five and Five. It's got a it's ring, time man. for Five like and Five. It. Keep alive for five for five. <laughs> Put on a mask is all we ask. Um, we're going to ask you 10 questions, Eric Edelstein, starting with, you want to go first or second, Doug? Uh, you can go first. All right, Doug Benson's going to go first. You're in a movie about juggalos, a very excellent movie called Family. My question is, I'd like you to tell us one thing we don't know about Juggalos. Well, they're lovely. That's the only word I can use to say it, because we had real Juggalos in that movie. 
And Insane Clown Posse put out the word and said, hey, whoever wants to show up, you're going to have to be in a giant grassy area. They'll have porta potties and hot dogs. We're like, nobody's going to come. Well, hundreds came. And they did a fake gathering of the Juggalos. And then they'd yell, cut. And then, you know, that's when the assistant director would like try to grab me. I'm like, okay, Eric. I'm like, uh uh, I'm staying. And I stayed and hung out with these Juggalos. And they were the <laughs> nicest, kindest people. I made friends with them. I'm still friends with them. What up, Mankini? He's a juggalo that wears a bikini. He's my friend. I love him. <laughs> and uh, if you know how they say, if something ever goes wrong, find the helpers. I would also say find the juggalos. They're here to help. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't see that coming. It's great. For real. Lovely. Lovely. Well, I will accept that answer, even though I did know that already. <laughs> <laughs> but. Doug learned a thing or two, as did many of the listeners, so that worked out great. Your turn, Doug. Okay. Uh, this is a repeat question, but I had to ask you because I liked asking it the first time. Uh, you, you, you were in Shameless, and I, I just got to know, what do you think are three things you could find in William H. Macy's mustache? Oh, for sure, for sure, whatever he just had at Craft Services. That's, that's not coming out. Um, <laughs> probably a little bit of shame right now over he's concerned about our country. He's an active person, a Chicago actor. And uh, I will say tiny pieces of the Magna Carta. It's when you get to a certain level of rich, I probably shouldn't say this here. There's a whole black market of just eating historical documents and H Macy <laughs> is deep in that game. <laughs> so a little craft services, shame and Magna Carta. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a follow-up question. <laughs> what? How does he completely skate on the um, the daughter? You know the, the, the college admission scandal. Like, how does he? Wouldn't the father also have been involved in at least one conversation? You know, I wonder if it's just because he's Jerry Lundegaard and like, you know, he's involved and you just can kind of see him sweating and everyone's like, oh, yeah. I mean, he probably, well, heck, like, you know, we know he's involved, but we love him. And like the show is called Shameless and he came to light playing such pieces of crap that it just doesn't hurt his brand at all. Like, we know it. We don't care. We love him. Yeah. Some, somebody went to talk to him, but then they looked at his puppy dog eyes and they're like, I, I just I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you also can't testify against a spouse. So maybe they just said, well, everything he's going to say is just going to make her look bad. Yeah. So then, yeah. They didn't, so then they didn't have to have him testify, I guess. Maybe. I just thought it was weird how, how the, both the parents of that other kid, uh, Lori Laughlin and, and uh, Massimo Bababapo, they, um, what are they, uh, they both went to jail. Yeah. She's just now getting out. He's still in there. I think William H. Macy also, they just couldn't implicate him. And who knows? Maybe Felicity Huffman was improvising. Maybe he didn't know. Your mind goes <laughs> a million different places. We're like, does he not know? Is he mad at her? Or was he like, Felicity, you got to handle the calls. Who knows? I'm, I'm fascinated by them. They're both amazing actors. Like uh, when we talked to Arden Marine about working with uh, William H. Macy, uh, the it was just off the charts, her love of his uh, of professionalism and skill. 
Oh yeah. All I've, I, I didn't have any scenes with him, but I saw him at the table read and he just was so amazing and put his heart into it. And there's not one time I haven't loved him in something. He's just always good. And I think that's a big reason why he kind of just didn't stick to him. We just love the guy. We need him. It's, it's easier to cancel Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I did think Kevin Spacey was great in Baby Driver, though. He's he's great in a lot of stuff. It makes me sad for all the great filmmakers who had great Kevin Spacey performances in their movies that are just now like have this weird taint on them, where you know some people just can't uh, can't deal with it. You know, can't can't derive entertainment from somebody like that they know the, the the that kind of information about yeah mm-hmm. sorry i didn't mean to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bum everybody out um, whose turn is it is it my turn uh, your turn number two okay uh you're in hotel for dogs that's the entire question you're in hotel for dogs i'm in hotel for dogs and i'm All right Doug, hotel your turn. for dogs oh i love it I, I got, you know, that was an early playing a bad guy thing. And like, it just nails the whole, you know, playing an evil dog catcher in a kid's movie is kind of perfect. That was my first experience learning that kids will just be terrified of me. And so I'm so happy to do, you know, play a nice guy in children's stuff now. But yeah, I remember and whole Tell for Dogs is one of the first movies I did. And I just was so grateful the whole time. But yeah, I'm in Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> asked and answered oh yeah oh yeah all uh, right number two this is mostly because i read a really interesting story about hot pockets yesterday but uh what is your go-to junk food during quarantine oh man i get so many impossible burgers delivered oh yeah i mean oh i love it or there's a new place in the valley called blazing burgers that has a drive through and i went through there yesterday and it's just the only problem because you can get busted going to these places like before now wearing a mask it doesn't happen but i would go to these you know i would maybe stop to eat at like three or four before my wife had dinner ready and then somebody take a picture and post it online and then you're busted but then yesterday i went through with my little dog and they gave him a puppuccino. And so he, then they took pictures of him. You can still see it. It's on the Blazenburgers Instagram stories. But then, <laughs> you know, my little tiny cute dog is eating a puppuccino at the drive-thru and they're posting it online. I'm like, ah, busted again. I told my wife I was going to cut back the Impossible Burgers. <laughs> Here we sit. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love, I love burgers. I had a, I, I'm not, this is not a bit trying to tie it in with anything else. I had nachos delivered two days ago from crossroads they were just incredible yeah i mean there's so much i also i love chinese food there's so much that i love and then um getting busted for an impossible burger isn't the worst thing to get busted for (laughs) well i kind of overdo it it's kind of like if you just because the way they do it it just tastes like a burger and after not having burgers for a while now it's just above and beyond where i'm having way too many impossible burgers and even a doctor was like cut cut back the impossible burgers but then yesterday you know it was a stressful day news wise is how i'm sure. gonna justify it so i went through the drive-through and then got busted and next thing i know my dog is being posted online wow <laughs> yep what's yours i think if i can butt in for just a second i think that eric's uh i think you're the largest person who's ever said the word puppuccino 
<laughs> Look, it's a brilliant move. They made my dog very, very happy yesterday. So, Puppuccino, I'm in. I think it's just like whipped cream sweetened, and he loved it. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. So, what were you asking us? All right, What's favorite. your favorite go-to junk food during quarantine? Um, I'm in, I'm in Santa Fe during all this, so I, I anything covered in green chili is my go-to. Oh, I love yeah, that. burrito, frito pie, you name it. Hey, here's a fun game. Let's see if we can get through. It'll be hard because you know there's reasons for it to come up every time. But let's let's play a game where we see if you we can you know get through an entire episode without saying that you're in Santa Fe. Okay. <laughs> I think that'd be so funny. As everybody listening knows that we're just trying to avoid this. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, my junk food would be uh, just, you know, like, it's a much shorter list of things I won't eat. Um, which is funny because if there's like, like if there's a kind of nut that I don't like, do you guys have... Do you guys like nuts but hate certain kinds? I, I guess I, so. I, think I love them all. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think they'd be, yeah. be all in on nuts or just not that into nuts. But I'm like, I'm uh, I've mixed nuts. I've mixed on nuts. I like some of them I love and others I don't want to eat at all. So I was just going to say with regards to snacking, it's still funny how no matter how hungry I get, if it's something I don't really like, I won't, I won't uh, break down and have it anyway, you know? Uh, now, do you, I, I, my problem is I get mixed nuts and I just pick out the cashews. So I'm like, I should just buy cashews. Right. <laughs> well, cashews are my favorite, but like, as an example, I know somebody that doesn't like cashews. So if it's mixed nuts with cashews in there, that, that means no go to the whole thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> You ever do nuts.com, Doug? I'm setting you up for a joke or three there, but nuts.com, you can get really good nuts delivered. I mean, they just decide the day that things could be delivered via the internet, they must have gotten that uh, that domain. <laughs> yeah, they had to be a couple other people. Too, Fucking the first people to go, we should have a website that's called nuts. Oh, it's so good. Dot com. It's not even nuts.org. Nuts. Dot, uh, are there any other ones? Nut stop. <laughs> I compare us and price my nuts. So there's also <laughs> nut stop, and they do a great job too. Oh, I meant you know other. Uh, oh, like .net. Com, net org. Oh. <laughs> What's the one that's not? That's uh, org is the one that's always charities. Right, Arden. Didn't she have dot vodka? Yeah, how does that work? I don't know, but I love it. Yeah, that's the future. <laughs> All right, question number three from me. Uh, you were in something called Bunny Whipped. Please <laughs> yes, explain. Yes, I was. Can you explain what that is? Uh, Bunny Whipped was, again, a very early movie I did, and I was very grateful for it. And... You know, I, I have trouble, difficulty remembering the plot of Bunny Whipped, but it was a lot of fun. And then I was most happy because the director was a huge basketball nerd and he knew my friend Richie Fromm, my, my really good high school buddy or college buddy against all odds made the NBA. 
and he was a role player. Not many people knew who he was, but the director freaked out that I actually knew Richie Fromm. And he's like, would he come down and be in this movie? So one day they flew down Richie and his wife and he got to be in the movie. So that was the, the real highlight for me. Wow. Yeah. So you don't know what this. Lauren Adams was in it. Who? Joey Lauren Adams. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, all oh, those well, early ones are great because you just learn stuff, and that's the best way to learn about this. So you don't even know you you couldn't guess what the story was. Uh, <laughs> it's like a love story, and he's he's in like you know trying to get his friend to love him, and then there's a bunny subplot, and you know, and then I played one of the very earliest versions of the uh, bad idea buddy, which has become one of my real go tos. The, the friend that's trouble but has a decent heart, but gives a lot of horrible advice. And all these are like pictures on the wall and you just learn stuff. And it's, it, I just remember being on a set and couldn't really believe I had a part that big and being so happy and kind of pinching myself. So which character do you think was bunny whipped? <laughs> I think the lead, the lead. And I remember the other thing that happened was the, the one of the actors who will remain nameless uh, pantsed me Okay. And as a prank, and I was behind in the laundry, so I was not wearing any underwear. Oh, my so God. This guy pants me in front of the whole crew, and I, you know, I kind of threatened him. So Man, I, I don't ever get too angry often, but that was one time I really did because I felt yeah, so, I could see that. so darn embarrassed. It's also and, a bold uh, move for somebody to pants someone so big. Yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> it's a former child actor. A lot of times they, they'll, they don't get some uh, of the discipline they need early on. That's why you got Kurt Cameron out singing Christmas carols unmasked and, <laughs> and Ricky oh. Schroeder bailing out people he shouldn't be bailing out of jail. But God bless. Yeah, those kid actors, they really, uh, they grow up to be bad actors in more ways than one. <laughs> it's like rolling the dice. It's like they can go the Ron Howard route or they can go the Kurt Cameron route. Because the Kirk Cameron thing drives me nuts, where I'm like, we're at 0% hospital capacity, Kirk, and you're having unmasked. Well, now that's his whole, now that's his whole brand, his whole career is just being as religious as possible but and like, still trying and still trying to work in entertainment. So he's just like, got, he's got the term follower is really appropriate for anybody. Because that like yeah. that Saving Christmas movie he, he did, we watched it in a theater you know, and made jokes during it, but it was rough. It is like a terrible, terrible excuse for a movie. There's like extended scenes of just conversations like in a car, in a garage. Like it's just, and, it, and like, they, like they, there's nobody around to be the editor. So they just, you know, would use like super long, <laughs> super long dialogue scenes where they just keep kind of repeating the same things. And it's so bad. And not fun bad, you know, it's just bad. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah, but fun bad, that sounds like a fun genie character. <laughs> Sin bad, it's fun bad. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> All right, question number four from Doug. Or three. Or number Doug. three? Three, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric, some quick words of advice for a very young but already uniquely bizarre 2021. I think the light is coming. You know me, I, I'm optimistic. I think it's darkest before the dawn. I think good stuff is on the way. Um, I think everybody should follow their creativity. If they've got some weird dream that they've been pushing down, things are so crazy right now. 
let go of the fear. Put yourself out there. If it's a song you want to write, if it's a podcast you want to record, if you want to do a play, if you want to act, just go do it. Go do it. You'll be happier. You don't want to wonder what if. If you do it and you suck, that's better than not trying it at all. Great. That's great. Everybody needs to hear yeah. stuff like that right now. That's right. Go out there and suck, everybody. If you're really bad at overtaking a country in a coup, just run <laughs> building and then see what, ha- see what happens. <laughs> Which they were. Probably should have worn a mask. Probably shouldn't have posted online. They definitive. <laughs> that's the only, that's where I'm dead wrong. I gave. I just, I still just can't. I can't get over like the idea that they that something was going to happen other than delaying this uh, dumb uh, thing. They were already in the middle of a delaying tactic when they ended up delaying everything, and uh, it's just like, what's what's the point of it? I mean, they're just all they're all crazy, right? They've been forced I mean, into absolutely. another reality. And yeah, you just yeah. got, we were talking 9-11, if you ever thought, I mean, remember Rudy Giuliani heroically leading a charge up the street? And those people were told yesterday in no uncertain terms by Giuliani and by the president, Giuliani said to do it violently. The president said, go up there, I'm going to walk with you. And you've got some people easily susceptible to misinformation. Trial uh, by combat is what uh, trial by Giuliani combat. said. Think oh. about that, man. Think about that. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, you know, if these, uh, you know, these cases of fraud turn out to not be true, they're going to make us look like fools. But if they are true, then they're going to go to jail. <laughs> so he's already speculating. Are, they love to do this. It's the new thing in politics is speculate failure before it occurs, so that you somehow save face when it does occur. I mean, do you remember when nobody else wanted to run? For, for the Republican nomination because they all just assumed it was going to be Giuliani in a landslide. I mean, kids today have no idea how respected he was. It's crazy. It's- well, we're seeing it. They get to see it in the power that he thinks he wields, like the importance that he thinks he has in all situations. Like he really puts himself out there like he's, uh, he's going to save everybody. Yeah. But he's a Doug Loves Movies guy now because he's in Borat. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say, what? How does he? Yeah, he's in there. Tell... He's in there, man. He got an IMDb credit. Hopefully he gets residuals. Yeah, I bet he will. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how that works if it's a hidden prank show, but I'm sure they paid him and paid him after. So oh, yeah. it'd be amazing oh. just to see him shaking with anger when he gets that seven-cent residual from Netflix. <laughs> That's the other thing that's so funny about it is he had to sign a release when he knew that there was footage of him laying on a bed talking and whatever else he was doing. Now, do you, do you think they had him sign the release before or after? I bet before, and that's how they got away with it. Oh. Maybe, but yeah. Yeah, they probably because it was for the interview that he thought he was doing. Yeah. Sneaky. Wow. That's sneaky. Just you a- think a lawyer like him would realize that that probably wouldn't hold up in court, that they manipulating him in that way you know doug i'm not trying to speak about stuff i don't know but i think we're slowly determining that mr giuliani is not matlock (laughs) based on the past month of his legal proceedings like he it's got to be weird to just wake up go into court and get your ass kicked i mean he had to have a judge a republican judge tell him like um do you want a pencil you should really be writing this stuff down 
<laughs> Not Matlock. <laughs> All right, is it my turn? Yeah, number four. On Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, you appeared on that show. I want to know, do you think, well, first of all, what did you do to Larry or what did he do to you? Well, Larry and I originally got into a fight on the phone because I'm a stonemason. I'm going to make a gravestone for him. I'm going to fix his dad's stone. And then we got in a fight on the phone. I overheard him talking about Derek Jeter, and I start ripping Derek Jeter and saying he's overrated. Now, at the same time, Larry and Marty Funkhauser, the wonderful Bob Einstein, Larry got mad at Bob for introducing him to too many people. So Bob's like, we're going to do no introductions. So I walk up at a funeral. Bob doesn't introduce me, at which point, Larry starts talking about the asshole stonemason, at which point I threaten Larry's life. And then I get him in the end where I call him an asshole and a swan killer on his dad's gravestone. Don't mess with the stonemason guys. They have final, final, final say in this life when it comes to graves. Well, this is what I like to ask anybody that's been on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Who was right in the situation, your character or Larry? It was kind of wonderful because it was a battle of two unreasonable souls. <laughs> I'm going to really say that Marty was wrong for not introducing because he could have alleviated the whole thing, but really Larry was wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the end of that. And I'm just waiting for the stonemason to come back. My dream is for the final Curb Your Enthusiasm that the stonemason comes back to get Larry's grave and just oh, yeah, last time. Right. That's pretty good. I like that. Somebody <laughs> to Jeff Garland. Yeah. It's just funny how that show kind of went from like for the first many seasons, because it's been on for so long, but for the, for a lot of seasons, it was always situations where you go, wow, Larry runs into a lot of a-holes that do stupid shit and has to, <laughs> has to call them out for it. But now it's evolved into this thing where you have to sit there and, with, and you have to take it case by case. Like sometimes he is completely wrong now. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I love him doubling down on that and being willing to be the asshole. And I also kind of believe him where he's like, that's the version I want. I want to be in life. I, I want to call people out. But I don't because I'm too polite. But he's calling him out about stuff that's like they're, they're not doing anything wrong. Like, it's like he's just crazy. <laughs> it's a funny window into insanity. It's perfect for now. It's a funny window also into somebody being super rich with nothing to do with their life. <laughs> <laughs> he's just starting battles just goes out and makes trouble and they're like like for curb they're like well let's not even write a script that's how good i am at just arguing with people and being, being my ass. <laughs> okay doug all right eric you played daddy shark in baby shark's big show have you ever firsthand witnessed the hypnotic power of that song on a toddler no, but I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I'm so, all, everyone that's so frustrated about the song, I'm sorry, <laughs> we have so much more to come. We just had our big Christmas special, Fishmas. And you have to understand that people, the geniuses that are capable of writing such an addictive song can do it again. So this Fishmas song <laughs> has been burrowed in my head now for about six weeks with no sign of leaving. I won't sing it now, but just know there's a bunch more of these songs in the hopper and ready to go. But oh, I've wow. not actually seen it in person on a toddler. I've just seen stuff online. But I'm it, incredibly it, grateful to be Daddy Shark. 
it is a weird it has such strength like a kid can be you know in a raging fit and then that song comes on it's hypnosis it's insane it's so weird to watch oh i love it i love it i have a job because they hypnotize kids it's so <laughs> you should call it fitnosis <laughs> when your child's having a fit this will settle them down for a bit <laughs> My question number five is who would win in a fight? This is important to me to know, uh, Eric. The We Bear Bear Bears or the Charmin Bears? We Bear Bear Bears. Charmin's literally soft. They play at being soft. We were orphans on the street, survivors living in a cave off the grid in San Francisco. Charmin doesn't stand a chance. You know, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen all of We Bear Bears, but I definitely know that I've never had to hear any of those characters discussing their itchy buttholes. No, that's it. <laughs> exactly. Do they have those issues? Sure. You're just not going to hear about it. Why? We got bigger fish to fry. Other things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all right. my. Those are all my questions. That's all I wanted. I don't, we don't have to ever speak again, Eric. <laughs> I wanted to know. <laughs> it took me this long to get up the nerve to ask you those exact questions. <laughs> that last one. Yeah. All right, here's my last one. Give it to me. You were, you were in both Green Room, which is one of my favorite films, and oh, Jurassic yeah. World. If you had to live out one of those films, which one, I mean, which are both horrifying situations, uh, which would it be? You uh, had Jurassic easily because if I were living on green room, I would have been at the Capitol yesterday. Right. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Give me Jurassic. I've many times been a guy in over his head at a job, binge eating. Uh, yeah, that's much easier to do. There's too many big Justins nowadays. The good is rising up in 21, 21 to get rid of him. But yeah, I don't need to be any part of that guy anymore. Yeah. Plus you get to see dinosaurs. So that's pretty cool. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, what a way to go out. Yeah, I doesn't so. I think Justin sounds like too like I don't ever think of a Justin as being like a bad guy. No, that's what ama is amazing, and you don't ever hear the term Big Justin. I remember when I first got the edition, I'm like Big Justin, what is this thing? And then I read the script and just was kind of dumbfounded by how good it was and how scary it was. I was like, all right, Big Justin, let's go, let's get this. <laughs> Yes, they just wanted to be clear how big he was. Were there people at the audition who were not big? This was a self-tape, which I always love those because you know how it is. It's sometimes it's an alchemy where like I'll do great in the car and then I'll get I'll get into a room on La Brea and Wilshire and see 10 other people that look like me and Steve Agee, and I don't <laughs> do as well as I would like to. So this was an early self-tape which I really love because you can control it and I can do it as many times until I'm good. So that one, I did not audition in person. I yeah. And I bet you look, I bet you really looked like the character, uh, you know, on a, like a kind of a, uh, you know, a home videotape and not a super slick looking thing, you know, that's it. And then he said in the behind the scenes, he's like, then I looked at his IMDb and I'm like, there he is. That's big Justin. I'm like, I don't know how to take that. If you look at my IMDb, you'd be like, yeah, massive Nazi. Sure. <laughs> there he is. Good there old he is. DJ. We've been waiting. Perfect. <laughs> no acting required. 
Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, you guys are the best. This Big was so Justin fun. Edelstein. <laughs> uh, that was uh, a delightful conversation. You got through. You got through all ten questions. We tried to throw some real gotcha questions out there, but you uh, you answered them accurately. I don't. I don't think you got a single wrong answer. Oh, wow. I'm not going to let it go um, to my head, but thank you. And honestly, you brought a lot of honesty today. Talked I was going to of... talk about this stuff. I didn't know if we would get into any of it. And, you know, I've been watching news nonstop for 24 hours, and it was it, it was healing to be able to talk about it with the Dugs. You know your stuff. Have you ever thought about being a talking head on, uh, you know, a pundit on one of those shows? I, I would love to do it a couple times just because I'm so fascinated by all of it. And I'm a political junkie. I love this stuff. I just read a thousand page book on the 88 presidential election called What It Takes that I can't recommend enough. But I, I'll leave it to those guys and I'll just keep acting. But I'm hoping something happens now. I'm hoping yesterday was the bottom so people can finally start to come together and maybe start to see the wizard behind the curtain because he sure did not walk over there with them. And he sure set a bunch of people up for a fall. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, it was strange and, uh, you know, appreciate you, uh, like many of us paying attention to, uh, to what's going on. Cause it all seems, you know, pretty clear that we still have a pretty serious issues with, uh, race and law enforcement and, uh, elections. <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah and i think you also saw they've been you know the first article somebody linked to it was in 1996 talking about the troubling link of uh you know white supremacist and militia groups coming into law enforcement and it's wow. been an issue for a while we haven't wanted to talk about but i think now it's something we got to start to start to address yeah let's yeah. address it let's stamp it and let's send it yep yep <laughs> yep yeah Thank you, Eric. All right, guys. This was a blast. Thanks, Until man. next time. Bye, Dougs. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yay. And, uh, as always, since, you know, Eric is on We Bear Bears, I thought this would be a good title for this episode. We dig Dougs. Got it.